Hello, I'm Gary Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Now, with lambing well underway and many flocks around the country, we're joined in this week's episode by Dr. Emer Kennedy to talk to us about some key aspects of trust and management of farms. We discussed the importance of hygiene during the collection process, storage both fresh and frozen, and the correct torn procedure for colostrum. Emer explains the impact management during each of these tasks has on colostrum quality and offers some useful practical tips the farmers can implement this spring. We start off the podcast with Emer talking about the importance of colostrum in newborn ruminants. So if we think about, like, say, the young ruminant, when they're in utero, there's no transfer of antibodies between the mother and the baby. So when when the young ruminant is born, so be it a lamb or a calf, they they don't have a developed immune system. So they need that colostrum to kickstart the immune system. We've all just come through coronavirus. We know how important it is. Like we've heard like antibodies and vaccines and and all that. So we know how important it is now to have a well-developed immune system and colostrum is what's going to give that uh, to you. Look, in most cases, whether it be a lamb, whether it be a calf, they should get up, they should suck, they should get on with life themselves. But in many cases, we have to intervene. And it's one of those things we can do to actually reduce mortality on farms. If we talk for a few moments just about cluster management, it's an area you've done a lot of work in. And we might just start from the very basics of it. Like how we manage, how we collect, how we store that classroom, that can have an impact on how successful or how good that classroom is, I'm assuming. Yeah, so it, like hygiene is really really important um, and storage so if we just just work through it when we collect that colostrum it needs to be um, like really hygienically collected so it means that the teats need to be clean if you're if you're milking the o the containers that you're putting it in also need to be clean because you know there can be bacteria in that um, and like say if we take some of the work that we've done with the with the calves like the antibodies are protein and what happens is if there's a high bacteria load it basically binds to, to the antibodies so then the particles almost are the molecules are too too big to go through um, the, the the gut wall so that's why it's really important that we minimize the bacteria that's there so keeping everything really clean washing it properly and um, disinfecting it before we collect um, the colostrum and the same if you're storing it the utensils that you use to store it be it in the fridge or the freezer that everything um, is nice and clean. Look and, and suppose that carries right through to the feed equipment as well like presumably and you've I think you've looked at this on farms before if we have a collected store cleanly we also need to make sure that the feed equipment is clean. Yeah, and we, so we've been out on farms um, in relation to calves and looked at the cleanliness of the feeding equipment. And the two dirtiest pieces of equipment that we found on farms when, when we tested them were actually the stomach tube and the bottle and teeth. So the very first things that use, is used to feed the young animal um, were, were actually the dirtiest. So automatically that's putting the young animal at a disadvantage. You're introducing bacteria affecting the process. Look, in terms of timing, so from parturition to when you actually collect that colostrum, what impact is that on the colostrum quality? So like from a lot of the work we would have done, we see that colostrum quality starts to, to drop off. You have about, we'd say, two hours at the start um, and that's kind of like a golden window. So the quality of the colostrum is at its highest at that point and the ability of the young animal to absorb the antibodies from the colostrum is also at its highest. So it's really worth your while um, putting in the effort to collect it as soon as possible and to feed um, the lamb as soon as possible because over time that starts to drop off really fast. Um, you know, what we would find is that between the first and second milking, the antibodies have dropped by half. Um 
and even do like there's a window there um if in cows it's nine hours between um when the the cow calves and when you milk her so you have to get her within that nine hour window because if you don't the colostrum quality has deteriorated or the amount of antibodies has reduced and it's not um as good quality to feed to the to the calf for its first feed so it's presumably the same in sheep drops off quite rapidly so the earlier you get in the better and I suppose then is your option of how close to that you can get even like when we're considering alternatives cow colostrum is probably our next best bet after sheep any bit of advice around collection of that cow colostrum or use of it so if you're going to collect cow colostrum and um, take it off a couple of cows so you're getting a pooled sample and then when it comes to feeding it you probably need to feed a little bit more maybe 20 to 30 percent extra volume just to get the antibodies into the lamb that's a good alternative it's one that's readily available at the moment yeah exactly so go approach your your friendly dairy farmer and ask him for a bit of a sample while they're at peak calving always helps Look, in a lot of cases, we're feeding directly. We've covered some of the key aspects around hygiene of it, the portion of clean equipment being used. But a little bit of prior planning is also in place on farms. So a certain amount of storage of colostrum, whether it be from a previous lambing, from a few early lambers, or a lot of cow colostrum has been stored on farms. In terms of storage, Emar, like what are the couple of basic things we need to consider? So you, you have two options, basically, when it comes to storage. One is a fridge and the other is a freezer. Um, we'd stay away from room temperature because, again, like, you know, your bacteria, the temperature can can fluctuate a lot during the day. So, you know, even though it's spring, you could get up to, you know, 15, 16 degrees on warm days. And that's really good kind of conditions for bacterial growth, um, which, as we said earlier, can can affect the, the quality and the absorption of the colostrum. So when we go to, to collect it, as we said previously, it needs to be hygienically collected. But if you're storing it in a fridge, it needs to be into that fridge within three hours of collection. And that's just to stop the bacteria growth. And and the same like in a freezer, like once you've collected it and put it into the freezer um, as, as soon as possible. In terms of the length of time that they will last, like in a fridge, it'll stay fresh for 48 hours. But after that 48 hours, the bacteria growth starts to take off again. So you, you just need to throw it out if you haven't used it within 48 hours. And in a freezer, it will last for up to a year. OK, so after a year, the quality of that colostrum is declining. Yeah. OK, so that brings us on to two important things there. You mentioned if we're in the middle of lemon and it's in a fridge, you want to have some of it taller or easier to heat. You have a 48 hour window. And the second key thing you mentioned is it's within a year. So let's talk a little bit about the pack size, how we actually go about storing it. Like in the sheep system, we're not going to go with a, with a three litre drum and leave it in the fridge. Um, any tips around that and how you go about labelling it? Yeah, so like say, I think it'd be important to put um, maybe the source uh, of the, the colostrum, the date, and even, you know, if it's the morning or, or the evening, if, if it's in a fridge and you're going to be using it um, pretty soon. Um, and the same in, in the freezer, just to put it um, to label the bag or whatever container you're going to use. Now, it's important to remember that particularly in like a freezer, you know, freeze freeze thaw action is going to affect the quality as well. So you can't have your colostrum defrosted and refreeze it again. Like really, you should as soon as you defrost it, you use that bit. Um, so based on that, then you'd be better off to put it into smaller um portion sizes. So you're just basically taking out what you need for for each lamb or that. Okay, and look, that that leads us in nicely to another key element: tone. What are the couple of key things we need to be careful of when we're torn out colostrum? 
again, we just need to be really careful that we're not heating it um, too high. So, you know, so, like basically for the lamb, it needs to be, uh, uh, be about body temperature to 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 um, to to drink it um, for the like say in terms of in terms of thawing it then lots of people um you'd see on farms you know uh, it being put into the microwave or boiling water being used to try and speed up the process but what actually happens is that those antibodies are proteins and it's denaturing um the proteins like you've often put your dinner into the microwave and parts of it are hot and parts of it are, are cold so you've no idea of what temperature um, it is. It's the same if you put the colostrum in, you've no idea what temperature it's been heated up to. And with your boiling water, or even, you know, if you have a boiler on the wall, often the temperature of the water in those is, is 80 degrees coming out of it. And that's far too hot to try and, and defrost um, the colostrum. So, like, you've gone to all this effort to store it. Um, so you want to make sure that you, you defrost it or thaw it properly so that you're minding those antibodies. So we're going to put it into um, water that's you know, less than 50 degrees um, to 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 heat it up. You can you can put um put it into your stomach tube and put that into the, the warm water or else put it into we'll say like a galvanized bucket or something like that um and put that bucket into a bucket of warm water to heat it. Um you know it takes a little bit of time so so you probably do need to be be prepared um but you can undo as I say all your, your hard work if you do put it into boiling water or like a saucepan on the cooker or in the microwave. So stay away from all those things and just use the warm water to defrost it. So it's not something to be done in a panic. And again, this is where the smaller pack size would be an advantage. It'll thaw quicker, greater surface area in it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and even if you if you had it in a we'd say in a plastic bag in, in the freezer and if you freeze that flat, like you know, it's very thin at that stage and there is a lot of surface area, so the defrosting will actually be quite fast. Freezer bag's a very handy system for storage, email, but is there risk if you're throwing that out that, that could leak? Yeah, so we we would never put those bags into into the water because when you're putting them in and out of the freezer, the corners can fray and that's so the, the milk can leak out of them or the classroom can leak out. So if you have it, you're better off, um, you know, maybe taking the bag off and putting it into a bucket and putting that bucket into warm water then to defrost it. Go with, go with the separate container first, but look, a big advantage when you're towing it. Uh, just in terms of heating, like the very final bit of it, it's important that it's fed at a correct temperature as well. That's going to have an impact on absorption. Yeah, so it's really important to get the, the colostrum to body temperature before you feed it because it does increase the absorption of the antibodies, which will be um, beneficial for the lamb that they're getting the maximum antibodies out of the colostrum that you're feeding it and that will set them up then for life. I think on that note, we'll finish up. Like It really is that vital kickstart. It's going to have a big impact on mortality. It's going to have a big impact on the performance of the animals afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and the, 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 the effects are long lasting in terms of their weight gain and their future production potential. So it's well worth taking the time um, when they're just born. Eamon, good having you on. Very timely. Thanks very much for that update. Thanks, Kieran. Okay, we'll have to leave it there for this week's episode. I'd like to thank Eamon again for coming on with us and offering some very useful advice on different aspects of classroom management and the impact that that can have on classroom quality. That's it for me for updates from our sheep programme. Keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chalk and Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe and follow us wherever you get your podcasts for more episodes.